Welcome to Lady Do You Remember This? Um, I'm Dara Lane, you know that. And I am here with Kara Berry of the fabulous podcast, Everyone's Business But Mine. Kara, hello. How are you? <laughs> uh, I'm honored to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I, it's it's a true honor. Um, <laughs> so your podcast, like you do a lot of reality show recaps and stuff. And one of my favorites of yours is your coverage of Sister Wives. And when I asked you to be on the show, I was just like, and I knew you were coming on. I was just like, oh, I wish I could talk to her about Sister Wives, but it's just, it's just simply not relevant. And then I was like, wait a second. It is. It is so relevant. <laughs> Isn't um, it? So my, my question to you is how would you compare the sister wives and for anyone who hasn't seen this show it's it's been on for what like god like 10 15 years my whole lifetime yes (laughs) yes like I feel like I grew up with all of the brown children (laughs) um but it's this show about this muppet of a man named Cody and his four sister wives um, yeah. they, they're fundamentalist, um, LDS church Mormons. Um, and they have, you know, a million kids. It's just like typical polygamist family, you know, the typical polygamist family. There's so many of them. What, how, how would you compare the Browns to the, uh, the Hefners? Oh God. I mean, every house in the Browns house is a house of horrors, not unlike the Playboy mansion. So there's yes. that. <laughs> That is true. <laughs> things that should not be there, things that have long since seen their their golden age. Um, gosh, if I wanted to like compare each sister wife, like if I wanted to pair up a, a girlfriend to a sister wife, I would say that maybe, gosh, maybe Holly is, I mean, you have, my first instinct is to say Robin because she's clearly the most invested in the whole Mm -hmm. situation and she's getting the most out of it. And there's a closeness there that obviously like Holly and Robin are number one and that everybody else is just kind of at the wayside. Right. Um, I think Bridget would be, and Bridget's my favorite. Mine too. Yeah. I've always been a Bridget girl. Um, I would say that Bridget is maybe Janelle because yes, yes. Yeah. I think she, she benefits the most from it. Like she's like, listen, I want to get on the cover. I want to be on a magazine. I also want to go to school and get my education. Like she's playing the game. I think best better than the other ones in terms of her future, right? Like she's setting herself up and she knows how to be smart about the whole thing. And then I would say like, if Mary was fun, I would say she's the Kendra because clearly like (laughs) she's out here doing whatever the hell she wants. And like, she's not really involved, but she's like there at the big moments, you know? Yeah. Mary's kind of a wet blanket. Whereas Kendra is really just like titties out clearly stoned having a great time oh yeah Uh, well I guess I could see Christine as a Kendra Mm -hmm. in some ways I feel like she has more of the um 
the tomboy spirit that yes. we we attribute to Kendra. Um, Christine is definitely the most bubbly of yes, the wives. Yes. And that's um, very I do feel like though, um, Holly does have her merry moments. I feel. Oh, for sure. For sure. Like yeah. sometimes it get it gets real dark behind those <laughs> eyes. It, it does. And it even it got dark like at the end of the episode where she's talking about her future. Oh my and yeah, god. It is very much like Mary. It really is. And it it's also similar because. Mary knows that this is like a dead end relationship that she's in. Like it's DOA. Um, For sure. And I think at this point, even, you know, season one, Holly knows the same thing. And that this is just like, just uh, clocking in, clocking out, waiting for the the sand to flow through the hourglass. (laughs) Exactly right. You're exactly right. Oh, I really hadn't thought about that until today, but wow. I'm really going to be looking through Sister Wives yeah. through a new lens now. It's, it's thank you, thank you for eliminating this. Oh, well, <laughs> I'm I'm so happy to do it because I I was thinking about it too. Um, that people look at polygamist relationships and they're like, oh, um, they the women must be so stifled and they must have no agency. But realistically, the uh, brown women have a, a lot more agency than uh, than our girls. For sure. Definitely. Definitely true. I, I mean, it seems to me like the only one who really has a sense of themselves is Kendra because she's clearly like, they they make no bones about the fact that she's obviously like fucking whoever she wants. Yeah. She, she's a lot more free than the other ones. Like the things that they let Kendra do versus Holly, like Holly would never even dare ask to do the things that Kendra's allowed to do. Um, and that's very interesting to me. I think part of it is Holly came in when um, Hef was still kicking and still mm-hmm. had the will to control everyone. And I think by the time Kendra yeah. came in, he was starting to um, age a little more and get tired of it but also I think I was recording with Troy yesterday and we mentioned this but Kendra is also the only one of the three of them who has no reverence for the Playboy brand coming into it so she she's not like tiptoeing she's like uh who is this guy I don't know I just live in his house right like I I would really wonder like what she knew about the Playboy brand prior to moving into that house Probably not a lot. Well, she says that when she first got the the painted lady job, that mm-hmm. is where she met Hef, that it was just like her boyfriend who kind of got her into it. She didn't know what Playboy was. Right. She had just seen like kids at school wearing Playboy paraphernalia, but she mm-hmm. didn't know who Hugh Hefner was and she had never met a celebrity before. Yeah, that absolutely facts. She was, yeah, she didn't know anything about it. Not like Bridget and Holly who made a life's dream out of coming to this place. Yeah. And I appreciate that like the stripper background really makes her a hustler. Yeah. And she was able to like turn that show into all those 75 spinoffs that she had with her husband. And I, you know, I can't knock the hustle. You really can't. You simply cannot. And if you notice in the first episode, and I don't think we ever see it again, is um, Kendra at massage therapy school. Yeah, right. And it's like, wow, um, what a different life 
that could have been for that for that young woman if that show right. didn't take off. <laughs> right. Yeah, she would be all up in the spas. She'd be all up in the spas. And like, we also love that for her. But I, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> imagine Kendra in that laugh being your massage therapist. God, no. I would never relax. <laughs> <laughs> no, you couldn't. <laughs> I'm glad that Kendra, you know, got to live her wildest dreams. But I mean, she's studying to um, be a real estate agent now. Oh, yeah, she's with the agency, right? Oh, is she? I I think she is. <laughs> oh, my God. Good for her, right? So I love that you are a fellow Bridget girl. Um, yes. And I feel like we are a rare breed. I do, too. And I thought this was so, com- like, I just started watching, I watched season one again, like, just a few months ago. and. I was shocked that, yeah, people weren't really on Bridget's side. I thought that was like a given. (laughs) When the show was on, Bridget was my favorite. But then um, after the show ended, you know, I was watching Holly and Kendra's show. So I always think about Holly first in my adult life. But Bridget Mm -hmm. was my number one and she was my friend's number one. And I realized in doing research and stuff like she was easily the bottom for everyone like no one's a Bridget girl except for us except for us yeah you're right because like in the later seasons it's definitely like Kendra is the star in her own right like she's a goofy little sister and like Holly is like the prestige like the Kim Kardashian (laughs) like the the more serious one yes But, but yeah, they really lean into, into Kendra a lot later in the seasons. And I think, I guess I get it because I'm sure she brought in like a younger crowd. Yeah. And that young demographic, but yeah, it's, it's shocking to me that people were not really messing with Bridget like that. Yeah. I I was reading this, um, academic study on, um, why young people like the girls next door, um, And the researcher was saying that the reason why kids, as far as she could tell, um, gravitated towards Kendra, because they also didn't have like a reverence for Playboy. And they Mm -hmm. identified with Kendra looking around and being more of like an audience surrogate. Like, why are we doing this stuff? Like, why do we have to get this dressed up? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. But for me, Bridget, um, I really liked a craft, you know, I, (laughs) I liked a costume, but yeah, I guess that wasn't the same for everyone. Yeah. And, and also to me, like she was hands down the most attractive one to me, like Holly has that very playboy look, which is not for me, (laughs) (laughs) not that it needs to be, because I'm not even attracted to women anyway, but I think (laughs) that Bridget is the most like natural beauty out of the three for sure. Well, she was always very proud that she had um, natural breasts. Yeah. That was her calling card. Right. Mm, God bless her. God God bless Bridget. And I will say, I saw her and Anastasia in a Joanne Fabrics in the Valley of Los Angeles. And I am not. And (laughs) it was, it was electric. What year are we talking here? Let's see. I think I had, yeah, it was the first year I moved to LA. So it was like 2013. Oh my God. Wow. What a moment. 
it was such a moment because it's one thing to just see Bridget, you know, at a juice bar or something, yeah. but to see Bridget and Anastasia in a fabric store in their element, really in their element. It was like, wow, yeah. reality shows are real. <laughs> <laughs> that was all the confirmation you need. And you're right. You're absolutely right. And I remember thinking how thin her arms were. I was like, really? Oh yeah. I was like, whoa, those are, that's a resting skinny arm. The wild thing to me is like the body dysmorphia. Like Bridget acts like she is significantly heavier, larger than all the other girls where she is a beautiful body. (laughs) And so does Anastasia. Yeah. You know, I think maybe that was another reason why I identified with Bridget because when you go through the series, it's her just constantly talking about food, wanting to eat something, eating (laughs) something, and then being like, oh no, I can't believe I finished that. Oh no. (laughs) Yeah. When they were talking about their diets later in the episode, I was like, you guys are wild. You, uh, these conversations are so wild. Oh, okay. I love that conversation. (laughs) I didn't even, um, acknowledge what what episode we're uh, recapping today, but we will be recapping the Midsummer Night's Dream uh, season one, episode eight, where they give Bridget's little sister, Anastasia, her, she's all that makeover. (laughs) I was literally like the, she's all that jumped out on this one. Yeah. This was like laughable. She's such a cute girl and they act like she is some (laughs) sort of like, carbuncle that they found at at the bottom of a ship like what is wrong with them a carbuncle oh my god the another thing I was thinking about was makeovers of um friends and family is just really something you cannot do today no (laughs) we have yeah we have not seen like yeah the trend of makeovers is really I I can't remember the last time I've seen one it it's just fundamentally you you can't offer a makeover without saying yeah you're you're a little gutter witch and we gotta (laughs) we gotta fix this hair (laughs) oh god and the fact that they think that they fixed Anastasia's hair is um mm, (laughs) but so they that they open the episode with Bridget at Trashy Lingerie and I remember trashy lingerie just being such an early 2000s calling card for me. Like I desperately wanted to go. I feel like that's where Paris got like half of her Halloween costumes. Oh yeah. It's where all of uh, Paris, um, Carmen Electra, all of, all of those women would go to trashy lingerie. Yeah. And I love that. It's still open. Of course it is. It's an institution. It is an institution. It's a, it's, it's a landmark. Landmark status. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they explain the Midsummer Night's Dream Party, which is, you know, hey, it's the middle of a summer. Let's wear lingerie. Yeah. <laughs> it's a tradition. Right. Exactly. I mean, Holly calling it the modern version of Cinderella's ball is like, ma'am, is it? <laughs> That was, it was great watching the juxtaposition of Kendra explain it. And she's like, who else has a, 
a Midsummer Night's Dream party. Nobody. It's the coolest party in town. And then <laughs> Holly, like, it's like Cinderella. <laughs> if Cinderella was wearing nipple tassels and nothing else, then absolutely, you're right. And then they, you know, they surprise Anastasia. We're going to give you a makeover. And Bridget just being like, yeah, Anastasia feels like really bad. She's been staying with us all summer. And like, we're so pretty and she feels really bad about herself. (laughs) She took such delight in saying how bad Anastasia felt about herself. Like she was really jealous of me when she was watching me do my photo shoot. She felt so fat and so ugly and like her hair wasn't blonde enough and like not good enough. And like, so we're going to do something nice for her. (laughs) (laughs) It, It was true. It was a true delight in her face, in her voice. I feel like it was maybe the the first time in her life where she's been able to be like, people are jealous of me. Right. <laughs> because there's an episode where she goes, are you going to talk about the one where she goes back to her hometown? Yes. Lodi. Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, I've never seen somebody so pleased with themselves. It, I mean, just a, a hero's welcome. She, she goes to Lodi for, uh, what, like eight hours because she has to get back because Hef won't let them stay overnight. Yeah. God, God forbid you spend sundown in Lodi, California. Like you're going to get into some trouble in Lodi. (laughs) Oh, Holly then says, I think everyone wants a makeover by a playboy girl. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Holly. I mean, (laughs) I. I'm sure some people do. I, I, I would enjoy, um, playboy makeover for a day. Sure. I mean, like I would definitely enjoy getting a massage, getting a free wax, getting, um, you know, some sort of high priced hair treatment. Love all of that. You lost me at the extensions, (laughs) but (laughs) the the chicken cutlets to, to my God, (laughs) I just want to say, they showed um, clips of like Midsummer Night's parties past and Holly was talking about how like all the stars come out and it was literally like a random shot of Hayden Christensen. Yeah. Like, Troyer. Was it wasn't like um, Dave. What's his name? Like David Gallagher from Seventh Heaven. <laughs> exactly. The son from Seventh, he- Seventh Heaven, but not the one that you're thinking about. Yeah. Um, Ling. Bai Ling was there. <laughs> she- she has a little nip slip in her in her clip. Of course, of course she does. <laughs> I love that cast of cast of characters. Uh, the Hollywood glitterati, uh, <laughs> the Seventh Heaven cast. I think seventh. I think Seth Green was there at some point. Like, okay, oh. a real who's who. <laughs> who's who? Uh, another thing about the the package of Midsummer's past is. I can't imagine what it's like for all the old men there who have to sit on the ground on those pillows. (laughs) Never to get up again. I mean, I hope they had an ambulance on standby. (laughs) I mean, the girls just have to come to them. Like there's no getting up and down. No, no. What did you think about the decor? Not good. No, (laughs) not good. And I was trying to like, is it the light of day where they're setting this up that makes it look bad? And it looks better with like 
darkness, like shrouded in darkness and mood lighting and just like very, very dark. Maybe it looks cool, but even then, no, even not really. then, yeah, it's just a level of, and this is the Playboy brand in general, just the level of taste um, and showmanship that isn't quite there. Yeah. This show really like pulled back that whole idea of like this nice, you know, when you really look and there's just like random Pomeranian pee and poop everywhere in that <laughs> mansion and these like just cheap table cloths and it's just a lot. And I just hate that like the people that work there, the staff have to act like they're so happy. Like this is the happiest place on earth. Like I'm thrilled to be living out my days, setting up, you know, this thing that people are probably going to like, you know, spill their semen on at the end of the day, you know, like it's, it's not fun. The Yeah. They have to be like Disneyland workers where, mm-hmm. Oh, Mr. Hefner is so good to us. We <laughs> love working for Mr. Hefner. Awful. Also, it's so funny to think of the people who are in charge of everything. It's mm-hmm. not like um, like a Real Housewives situation when they when they throw a party um, where they have some actual party planner. I feel like the whole thing is just planned by one of Hef's old man friends that they, (laughs) that they always show that works in the mansion. It's like, is this the right man to be uh, throwing this party and designing it? (laughs) Yeah. I I have have to imagine that like, there's been no forethought into it except for like past the first year and everything. They're just like, cart it out again. Show them how you do it. Hef. Like it's just old, dry, stale. Yeah. Mm. Well, in a later season, maybe it's the the fifth, the fourth or fifth season, Holly is like, we have to change the Midsummer Night's Dream party theme. Good. And she, <laughs> I think like Hef is just totally sleeping on it because he um, should be sleeping. He's elderly. <laughs> and she just like moves in and she's like, okay, we're doing an Arabian Nights theme. Which oh, okay. <laughs> it's I mean she didn't really come in hot with us <laughs> with, <laughs> with the ideas uh but you know god bless her for trying I love that's that all we can do all you can do is try all you can do they also show a few shots of the buffet and I don't know if you clocked that but I didn't okay so they they like go through the buffet and there's like whole lobsters <laughs> and I feel like they always make a big deal or Hef does at least of like, oh yes, our buffets and it's like the best kitchen staff in the world. These are like gourmet kitchen staff. And I just can't imagine a world where like the lobster at a Playboy buffet is something that you actually want to eat. Never, ever would I do that. Like I'd rather go to some like red lobster, like, like, captain d's knockoff than eat the lobster at the playboy mansion especially because we know that like hef is so particular about what he eats Mm -hmm. like to the point where they have to like bring food to restaurants and have the chefs make it there um yeah i'm not trusting that man's taste in anything certainly not things i'm gonna put in my mouth no i i imagine that the food at the playboy mansion is like bland bland and maybe 
it's not even the best food that you've ever had at a wedding. Yes, exactly. I think they have a few specialties that you're like, oh yeah, I always get, they do a great burger. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Like, you know, if you're going to go to this like diner, it's like, okay, you know that the three, you know, the checker sandwiches are probably good. Like you just do go with the safe ones. Mm -hmm. You know, they can't do you wrong. Well, and then, yeah, well, (laughs) and then, um, you know, but if you can, if you eat too much, you can always go on, uh, the sleep diet, which we are, (laughs) we are treated to the explanation of. I'm a genius. Why? Because do you know how like my sleep diet and everybody makes fun of me? What sleep diet? Like, I, like you sleep all day and you don't eat and you don't eat <laughs> Yeah, sleep, it, sleep actually okay. makes you lose weight. Well, it burns way more calories than like watching TV. If I eat like a cookie, I'm like, oh, I'll sleep an extra hour. People are like, what's wrong with you? You're supposed to stay up after you eat a cookie for like an hour and then sleep, you know. Oh, I don't know. I'm just... Before I went to school, I used to sleep until like three, and I was like bigger, you know, I was bigger than I was like, and uh, well, that's also because I used to pick out on like nachos and stuff every night. When you sleep for so long, you miss breakfast, you miss lunch, you know, and there you go. You miss all the eating, and then you're skinny. <laughs> I mean, I think like maybe a better diet, not that, you know, every time you eat, you should be um, negating the effects of it, but exercising after an extra cookie yeah exactly and and knowing now because I'm looking at her Instagram she's a spirituality and wellness guru I assume um oh yeah and maybe she's maybe she's learned a thing or two since then maybe she was on to something with the sleep diet maybe she was maybe I should try it you know (laughs) I mean she technically I guess isn't wrong I no she's wrong I don't know I said that I love that at the at this point, Kendra's eating mac and cheese, a plate of fries, and a beer. (laughs) These women, it's just truly a testament to um, just genetics. Because even at their age, even at eighteen, I would not be able to have access to a twenty-four hour kitchen. You would have to like open up the side of the Playboy Mansion to get me out. I would be getting burgers every day. I cannot have that sort of access to to whatever I want and keep a a body like any three of them. Absolutely not. If I could get like freshly made chocolate chip cookies at the ready at any given moment and that man with the poor vest (laughs) and the goatee has to just bring it to me, it it would be a wrap. It would be a complete wrap. Oh, that poor man. (laughs) I think about him a lot and what he's up to these days. I hope he's happy. I really do. <laughs> he deserves it. If anybody deserves it, it's him. It's he's he's been through a lot and he's seen too much. Um, so then we have Anastasia going through all of her um spa treatments, and she heads over to the waxer, which I felt like the um the lady at Pink Cheeks who waxed Anastasia was a real um a real character unto herself. She was ready for the camera. She was ready for her close-up. I'm just grateful that Bridget was even, not Bridget, Anastasia was even able to get a real wax because Bridget passed off Gizmo at Petco and I thought she was going to try and get a two-for-one special. Like, <laughs> just, just, just take the razor that, to my sister too, you know? 
the gizmo shaving shots was just like really superb filmmaking. It was. It was. <laughs> I I feel I feel bad for Gizmo. I feel like he's been severely misrepresented in the media. Yes. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're constantly piping in those noises of him like growling and attacking people and I just don't think that was really his true nature. No, I think they were they were trying to create a storyline and Yeah. And Giz got the bitch at it. And like, <laughs> I don't did. subscribe to it. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> like Wednesday comes in and it's like, oh, little Winnie. No, 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 no. Gizmo, no. Gizmo is the OG and we must <laughs> put some respect on his name. I, I fully agree. I could not agree with you more. <laughs> um, one thing I did notice too about the waxer is, um, is it uh, appropriate to um slap the butt of uh, (laughs) of your client um assault excuse me lapd do you hear me i mean i don't think that that's necessarily something she does all the time but i think she was just so jacked up on on being on tv that she just couldn't control herself honestly she really had too much dip on her chip she was really (laughs) being egregious and like I loved Anastasia having to like awkwardly navigate. Oh, like, I don't think I want to be a girlfriend because my sister's a girlfriend. And I think that would be a little weird, you know? I also loved the, the line that the waxer was clearly fed. Have you ever seen Hugh Hefner in person? Oh yeah. (laughs) Is he as handsome in person as he is on TV? Of course. Happy smiling eyes. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Said nobody ever. (laughs) And then Anastasia being like, oh, yeah. (laughs) Even more than you would think. Like, ew. (laughs) It's like, ladies, 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 we are not um, all under the spell um, that Hef is attractive. Like, everyone's here for a reason other than that. Yeah. (laughs) Like, let's tell the truth here. I have a question. What was, I, I assume that Anastasia was Bridget's, like, assistant over the summer, and that's why she got to stay there. What were her living quarters? What were, was she sharing a bed with Bridget? Does she get her own room? You know, that is such a great question. And it really is something that they just sort of drop in your lap. Like, oh, she's been staying here all summer. And you're like, wait, what? Right. <laughs> I, I have a lot of questions. I, I need to know more about that. Was she, does she have to sleep in that cat condo with Gizmo? Did she sleep on the floor? They I'll have a bet- out pot for her. You know what I think? I think she probably had her own bedroom because, you know, there were seven girlfriends at one point. They all had their own bedroom. Now we're down to three girlfriends. There must have been her own bedroom situation or she was sleeping in that round bed with Bridget. (laughs) They also had that like off, like across the street property where like the playmates would, maybe she was staying there. And like, what did she do during the day? What could she possibly do? Like we saw a little clip of her carrying uh, Bridget's luggage. And she says, you know, like sometimes I, I wake up and I'm just so exhausted and, you know, I think I can't do it anymore. And it's like, what are you doing? Yeah. What, <laughs> what is it? <laughs> like, what are you doing? I She must've been an assistant to Bridget. And it was like, the show got started um, Bridget, I guess probably still had school and 
she wasn't getting paid for this season. So she needed some free labor. She needed an intern. Right. But like, they're barely allowed to leave the property. So what could you possibly be doing? (laughs) Yeah. And the thing is too, with Anastasia is she doesn't exactly present herself as an LA girl who's coming in from Lodi and like, oh, I'm going to like live the LA life for a summer. I'm going to see if I like it here. She seems like someone who probably only talked to Bridget and Holly, um, was terrified of Kendra Mm -hmm. (laughs) and just kind of like sometimes would like sneak down to the pool and like quietly read a book. (laughs) You're exactly right. Like just just look on the on the property and read a, like a Nicholas Sparks. She seems like a Nicholas Sparks girl. Absolutely. Well, <laughs> I also saw uh, on Bridget's Instagram years ago that Anastasia had, I believe it was a Downton Abbey themed wedding. No. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to look at that as soon as we get off. Yeah. I, I think. Anastasia, I mean, I haven't checked in a while, um, but Anastasia used to have an Instagram, but then, and I saw more of those pictures. It was in Boston and Bridget, you know, went out to Boston, seeing all the sites going to Fenway and then, um, yeah, dressed her sister for her Downton Abbey themed wedding. And it it was quite themed. Okay. I'm I'm getting hot flashes. (laughs) I know, but I mean, that that family really loves a theme. They really do a theme and a costume. Wow. Wow. Okay. Wow. Okay. I will say though, Anastasia had it really good. I don't, I doubt that she actually took advantage of it, but to be the sister of, I'm going to say like a sugar baby in a sense is, or to be the friend, to be the sister of someone who's getting the perks that you can also take on, but then you don't have to take on the sugar baby duties. Right. So like Bridget, Bridget has to do, you know, half (laughs) and and deal with them. But Anastasia just gets to like roll in, hang out at the mansion, hang out at a pool, get her 24 hour food and, you know, all for free. Yeah. I wonder like, does she have to pay? Does she get a stipend? Like what, does she get access to a car? I, I just have a lot of questions. And I, I think now a, uh, Bridget dressed up like a flapper. Oh, yeah. This is really mm-hmm. stressing me out. Okay. <laughs> My guess that is that, um, Anastasia did not have a stipend because the stipend is strictly for hair, makeup, clothes. And <laughs> I also thought it, did you clock, um, Holly saying that Hef said to her that this makeover was like basically not going to work. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so she would just look like the same girl, but with makeup on. It's like, damn, everybody thinks that this girl's a dog. <laughs> and I would kill to be a fly on the wall for that conversation with Hef because I'm sure it was so much more brutal. Oh, absolutely. He's a monster. Yeah, I, <laughs> that really, that was like, oh, damn, you guys really told on yourselves with that one. I have a question about the, the cutlets. Okay. Yes, please. You have the floor. Okay. So Bridget takes 
uh, Anastasia to Mel's diner and is like, here's some gutlets that you can put in your bra. And also you need to put them on right now in front of everybody. <laughs> Don't they make cutlets and like flesh? Like, shouldn't you get one that matches your flesh? Because I am so glad you said that. <laughs> Those were like cutlets that I should be wearing. I'm a black for you guys who <laughs> don't know. Uh, they were very dark. And I just like, surely they like, Holly must have gotten a pack yes. from like some oh company my- and was like, I'm just going to give the leftover ones, the black, the black lady cutlets to Anastasia here, a woman that- who's paler than I am. <laughs> yeah, that is exactly what happened because I remember back in the day, the chicken cutlet was a staple for the, um, for the young woman about town. Yeah. Yeah. And they came in a, an array of tones. There's no reason why she should have had that color. None. <laughs> okay. I'm glad you answered that. Cause I thought maybe they just come in the same color. No, no, because okay. it's, it's also supposed to match your skin tone because yeah. if you are wearing something sheer, right. It, it, it has to match your skin tone or people are going to say, what is that? What is that chicken cutlet doing in there? Yeah. Holly's the cutlets were like the, here's a vanilla candle that I got like at the Christmas party that I don't want. So I'm just going to give it to you. I'm going to re-gift it to you. Yeah. What do you think about the Jose Iber salon? I think that that man, what was that man's name? Jacques or it doesn't matter he's a creep disgusting Laurent Laurent is his name (laughs) he's he's an absolute creep he touches the women in a way that's like it would never be acceptable today never no one comfortable it and I was like is this the situation where like because some gay guys will have a tendency to think that they can touch you because they're gay. And they're like, yes. it's okay, I'm gay. And it's like, no, it's that's not how that works. But <laughs> yeah. if he's straight or even if he's attracted to women, that's a big problem. A really big problem. He's such a creep. I don't know. I looked at his Instagram uh, a couple months ago and I, I'm not sure, but I think I remember seeing that he was straight. Mm. Like he had a wife yeah. or something. He's definitely taking advantage of like the fact that I'm sure in his mind, you're like, oh, these girls are sluts. I can just touch them, touch them however, whenever I want. And he does it more to Kendra than anybody else. And you can tell that Kendra's very uncomfortable, but she never says anything. Was this, was it in this episode or am I, I might be confusing it with um, the first episode because I recapped it yesterday, but there is a moment where Kendra's in the salon and he hugs her and she hugs him back. And then she just goes, okay, get off me. Yeah. I think that was the first episode. I, I distinctly remember that premiere thinking like, God, that man's a real creep. It just like kissing them. And it's like, sir, are you even really French? Is Laurent your real name? <laughs> Larry from, <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> Larry who, Larry from, um, Arcadia, who <laughs> who um, decided that if he made himself French, he would have the excuse to kiss all women on both yeah. cheeks. Yeah. Twice. Twice. And lingering in a lingering manner. Truly disgusting. And I, they really had no choice but to see him because he was like their sponsored 
salon. Right. And he must be straight because how did that even come about other than Hef being like, oh yeah, sure. You can like go to the mansion as long as you give all my girls um, a discount. Yeah, that's a great, yeah. Ugh. Also, so they're they're at the salon and then they cut in back to the mansion to Hef getting his hair cut. Another person ready for the stage, that, that stylist. <laughs> the way they have give this the stylist a talking head (laughs) is lean back in the chair legs crossed like they're interviewing him for like a some sort of scandalous documentary like they're just asking how you know half it's not that serious dude and he's like i just really love to help people yeah (laughs) okay like what what show do you think you're on sir Start a charity. Don't charge people $250 for a trim. I, I'd love to see the the raw footage of that interview. I feel like it went on for like a full 30 or 40 minutes when oh, it yeah. should have lasted for 10. You're 100% correct. And the producers just couldn't, couldn't rein him in. <laughs> he probably went into his whole life story and how he got there and some like you know the great relationship that he has with Hef you know does not exist and yeah shut up Kevin please shut up I just find it so funny though whenever they cut to Hef and the energy just dips in such a sharp and noticeable way yeah I, I heard that he was like I guess in the contract for the show it was like contracted that he'd be in every episode yeah in some form or fashion, like speaking. Yeah, he he was meant to be in every episode. I mean, the show itself was supposed to be about him right. and his staff. And so he was meant to play a much bigger role in it. Oh and of God. course, it's way too boring. And I have to imagine there was a lot of like anger, maybe not anger, but like just I, I bet he was pissed that like they became the personalities and not him. I'm sure he was. And I feel like Holly alludes to that in her book that mm. they were not expecting it to be the overnight hit that it was. I think they thought it was going to be like, we'll do it first season and like it'll be fun it'll it'll get half back into the public eye mm-hmm. well and I'm sure he was also really mad that it was supposed to be him and then it was the network saying like no sorry you're not actually that interesting <laughs> the least interesting one to look at Hugh Hefner in the haircutting scene the two of them are talking about how to tell the genders of a peacock had to pause for one of the peacocks coming up here uh-huh. they tend to run the place when you're not out there can you tell what they're male or female you get a clue when one of them lays an egg <laughs> yeah <laughs> but with peacocks you, you you can tell because the plumage is different yeah the males are so pretty and the girls just yeah. a curious reversal of humankind exactly i'm sure there's a, a later season where they go to monaco or something and they're invited to go there they're like being honored for some like award in Monaco and Hef is their honored guest. He must have made their lives miserable for a month when that happened. I cannot even like, uh, I mean, he's the worst. I, I hate people who are like rich and have the access and ability to like build up all these quirks because really they're boring. 
Yes. I do not like that. Like, like a Kyle Richards will, you know, like, I'm so afraid to fly. I'm so afraid to do this. You're boring. You're boring. And you have to like, um, surround yourself with like lady sitters and Mm -hmm. more interesting people. Uh, you have to surround yourself with, um, Faye Resnick. (laughs) (laughs) The bell of the ball, Faye Resnick, the morally corrupt (laughs) Faye Resnick. Yeah. Oh man, what uh, a few years ago I was at um, this now closed but very famous like erotica video and magazine bookstore, um, Circus of Books, and it, I saw the Faye Resnick Playboy. Oh my god! And I honestly think about it like once every six <laughs> months how mad I am that I didn't get it. Was it behind the register in glass because it should have been? <laughs> It was framed on the wall. It was one thousand dollars. <laughs> I wish I, I wish I forked it over. God, I mean that thing will only appreciate in value as time goes on. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> okay, so half he's getting his haircut. He's talking about peacock peacocks. He's like, I don't know, like gumming a a hard boiled egg, <laughs> and then uh, we start to have our reveals of all the girls looks and Kendra oh, yeah. um has a has a truly classic Kendra line a real Kendra special which is that she could show up to this thing with wearing two band-aids and a cork <laughs> she's not wrong she's not wrong <laughs> I mean my god to have a body like that at that age like you she's so confident and god bless her because the converse would be Anastasia who's just writhing in her insecurities but Kendra is like I'm so hot I look great in anything I'm gonna be the hottest person at this quote-unquote gala or whatever and you know you guys are just gonna have to beg at my feet and she's right (laughs) well my question is where does the court go with which (laughs) hole are we talking like what is the more um important hole to plug Ooh, i mean are you eating the lobster or not that might depend on which which one we need to be corking that that is that's astute yes yes (laughs) um i love kendra's outfit though loved it it. this like cherry underbust corset with her cherry pasty tassels yeah the little cherries on her heeled the platform heels it feels like if spencer's gifts made like a lingerie collection <laughs> exactly you're exactly right i mean it smelled like you could smell the fabric the yes. cheap polyester fabric but i mean <laughs> you're exactly right you're exactly right it was like hot topic meets savage by fenty Oh my God. Yes. It's, it's a very hot topic. Um, I would actually like to petition Rihanna to um, do a reimagining of that, of that cherry, cherry outfit, you know, bring it into today's um, fashion sensibilities with a nod to the nostalgia. Absolutely. Put Erica Jane in that costume and let's just, you know, break the internet. Um, and then we have Anastasia's reveal. What a moment. What a, what a moment. I mean, I, I've said it multiple times, but these extensions, girl. 
I mean, they were fine when the hair was straight, but when they did the like tight ringlet toddlers yeah. and Sierra curl on her, I was like, oh no, honey. I I wonder why they decided to like put such a curl in there. And I'm wondering, is it, did they put the curl in there or was her hair so curly that after like hours of having it straightened, it just started to <laughs> just went right back to its original form. <laughs> it was like, no, we are not meant to be this. <laughs> Cause I bet the playboy mansion is so hot just to keep half alive. You know, <laughs> it's probably really humid in there. It's like a, a tank for a snake or something. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it is a tank for a snake really. <laughs> if you think about it. Oh my gosh. I, I First of all, we got to go back to like the fact that Bridget had like a custom costume made or there yes. was some forethought, but they just like Anastasia, we're going to take you to the like down the street lingerie store for like the middle aged woman. Like there was nothing in that lingerie store that would have been right for like a 19 year old girl. No, but I will say knowing that she had a Downton Abbey wedding it was very much a um like delicate English lingerie store. You're absolutely right. Like little yes. lace. Oh, <laughs> I bet that there was a cut scene because Bridget looked too mean in the lingerie <laughs> store where where um Anastasia picks out something so dowdy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah just like a silk slip with um like embroidered flowers <laughs> and Bridget was a like a full length no. one a full length one down to your ankles yeah <laughs> and Bridget was like you are not wearing that you're right oh my god the poor thing the poor thing you know what actually it probably was um she let her buy that that little nightgown and then Bridget picked something out and then when they got home, Bridget was like, no, mom's wearing this. You're wearing this. Um, another question I have for you is how do you feel about, of all the parties at the mansion, Bridget's mom chooses to attend the strictly lingerie party. The underwear or less, lingerie or less themed party. Uh, oh gosh, I mean, could they have had her come to fight night? Right? Could they have had her come to like an Easter afternoon party, like some sort of pool party? Um, yeah, I, awkward. And not to be, I'm not being ageist. I mean, I think go all out. You are a sexual being at any age. But sure. the uh, like a Playboy Mansion like atmosphere with your two daughters feels I don't know I, I, I go find your sexy maybe elsewhere thank you uh, the way I would never invite my mom to a playboy party if I was a girlfriend I would never I'd never. be mortified. I'd be mortified and my mom's not you know a blushing rose like she would not be right your, like she would be fine like she she's a she's a tough tough lady she wouldn't care about that necessarily, but it's just the idea of a party like that must get so disgusting mm -hmm. and so 
sloppy. David Gallagher probably puked on her shoes moments after this, you know? Absolutely. But yeah, like, I wonder how long she, she stayed. I feel like she, um, she went through the buffet, took a lobster yeah, back to the hotel <laughs> and like, was like, if that's enough, I'm, I'm okay with this. Yeah. Now. Let me just go back to the motel six that I came from. Or, or did she just drive all the way back to Lodi? Could be, could be. And then, so what's so odd about the episode is it's really was meant to be the season finale. It's episode eight. They were only ever supposed to have eight episodes, but then it was so successful. They added um, like another seven. I find it so weird that they didn't re-edit this end of it. Yeah. This ending. It's so out of place. Yeah, because it's it they're talking about like what their dreams are, what their goals are, and like what does the future look like to you? And yeah, it doesn't make any sense to have that like like thoughtful commentary when you're gonna have another several episodes. <laughs> it's it's cheap. The it, editing is cheap. Very cheap, especially because Bridget has tears in her eyes and it comes out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just just go back to school, girl. It's okay. Yeah. Uh she says her dream like she basically achieved her dreams. Like she was in the magazine. She she's living at the Playboy Mansion and she just tearfully says, I guess I'll have to find a new dream. Right. <laughs> Baby. It reminded Hi. it reminded me of um there was this episode of Oprah in I think it was 2008 with the Olsen twins and there's all little girls in the audience and this one stands up and like Oprah is like oh this is your biggest fan and she gives them a hug or something and she's like this was my biggest dream to meet Mary-Kate and Ashley and Oprah just goes well it now it's happened so I'm gonna need you to get a better dream well, damn, Oprah. <laughs> I feel like Oprah, uh, like the producers said to Oprah, oh, there's like 10 girls in the audience who obviously want to meet them. But um, this one girl says it's her biggest dream. So like maybe we should give her her biggest dream. And I feel like Oprah was like, no, we're giving her her biggest dream because this dream is stupid <laughs> and she needs to move on. <laughs> and, and go to college yeah and that girl grew up to be elizabeth holmes you know yeah. <laughs> she, she she went so far <laughs> street to theranos you know <laughs> oprah oprah really changed the trajectory of a life and a society it's that's very sad because bridget is what like a good 35 at this point i think she's just hold well okay so it's 2005 and I believe she was born in 73 so she's like 32 32 okay well ancient in in playboy years yeah I I can't believe she's allowed to stay so then we go to Holly or Kendra Holly or Kendra and Holly is like I want to finish college and also marry half (laughs) 
yeah she does say like hey you know i know some people think that i'm stupid for being in this relationship but like it works for me now and who knows what the future holds but like i'm happy now <laughs> keep saying it maybe keep it'll be true it. <laughs> um maybe take an acting class because we are not ending <laughs> it yeah maybe say it next time without the vein pulsing in your temple um and then there's kendra who has my favorite goal for herself which is none because why would she i hope to marry a somewhat successful football player and then be incredibly transphobic when he cheats on me and you know yeah (laughs) oh that that was that was a tough luke I miss Kendra. Not a good one. Not a good one. I and will... she got away with that right time because years later, that would have never flown. Oh my God. Yeah. That really came in under the wire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Big time. I mean, this woman has just been touched by an angel from, <laughs> from like the day she turned 18. No, from the day she got her boobs, which as she says, changed her whole life she's just been touched by an angel <laughs> ask believe receive it has <laughs> really worked well for kendra and kim zolciak beerman <laughs> two two people who yeah just really flying flying under the radar <sighs> but and then that brings us to the end of the episode of course we have to say like oh and Hef's dreams well i think all of his dreams already came true <laughs> He is the he is the most successful visionary in the world. Oh my god. Like we cannot exit an episode without um saying how great Hef is at some point. And so handsome. So, so handsome. handsome. I I'm sure that was in his contract too. Like there has to be some allusion to his success and um being attractive sex in every appeal. episode. His yeah. raw sex appeal. <laughs> He looks like the Geico Gecko, but okay. Do you have any uh, final thoughts about the episode, about the girls next door, Playboy, um, any parting shots for us? Ooh, no. I mean, just if you find a goal, if you have a goal, find your sister or half sister and see if (laughs) she can help you reach those goals. And if not, then you're shit out of luck. Sorry. Or it go get a pair of boobs like yeah. Kendra <laughs> get some chicken cutlets and just ride the wave ride the wave you can you can get the <laughs> implants if you want but there are cutlets if you don't so. yeah <laughs> um this was so fun can you can you tell everyone where they can find you where they can listen to your podcast For sure. I have a podcast called Everyone's Business But Mine. It's a pop culture and reality TV recap podcast. You can find me everywhere and you can follow me on Instagram also at Everyone's Business But Mine. Um, This was, this was so great. Thank you so much for being here. What a treat. How fun. What an absolute delight. And oh, also (laughs) you guys, um, I did an episode of Everyone's Business But Mine uh, where we recapped the the Paris doc yes that was a a hot one one of my most popular episodes actually so if you haven't listened to it check it out y'all yeah ooh la la it's a it's a (laughs) it's an oldie but a goodie you know it is an evergreen an evergreen episode 
Absolutely. Um, well, thank you so much. This was amazing. Um, Bye guys.